Chapter Nine of Tommy Smith's Animals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tommy Smith's Animals by Edmund Sellis. The Wood Pigeon. The Wood Pigeon greets Tommy Smith with a coo, which he modifies slightly to, "How do you do?" What could be more beautiful than the woods that fine spring morning on which Tommy Smith walked through them? The sky was blue, and the air was soft, and the birds were singing everywhere. There was a concert, surely, the trees had given it. That is what came into Tommy Smith's head, and perhaps he was right. It is in spring that the season begins. Then ladies and gentlemen dress themselves finely, and come and stand together in a crowd, and there is talking and laughing and singing. And here, in the woods, the trees had all put on fine new dresses of bright greens, for their season of spring had come, and green was the fashionable colour. They stood together too, ever so many of them, and bent their heads towards each other and seemed to be whispering. Then their leaves rustled, which was a much pleasanter sound than ladies and gentlemen's talking and laughing, though perhaps it did not mean quite as much, and oh, what beautiful sounds came from their midst! Tommy Smith knew that it was not the trees who were singing, but the birds in them. But it seems as if it were the trees, he thought, because I can't see the birds. But perhaps the trees ask the birds to sing for them, as we ask people to play and sing for us. That is how they give their concerts and parties, perhaps. The large ones are like rich people who can afford to hire a whole band but the little ones and the bushes are the people who are not so well off, and they can only have a bird or two. Tommy Smith thought all this, because he was a little boy and liked to pretend things. But a long time afterwards, when he was much wiser, he used to remember those walks of his in the woods, and sometimes he would say to himself, Yes, those were the best seasons. Those were the concerts and the parties most worth going to. A fallen tree lay across Tommy Smith's path. It had once been a tall, stately oak. Now it made a nice mossy seat for a little boy. We are not all of us so useful when we grow old. I will sit down on it, thought Tommy Smith, and listen to the birds singing and pretend they are people and not birds at all. So Tommy Smith sat down and listened. A thrush was sitting on the very tip-top of a high fir-tree, and soon he began to fill the whole air with his beautiful, clear, joyous notes. "'I like that as well as the piano,' said Tommy Smith, "'and I don't think I know any lady who could sing such a beautiful song.' Then the robin began. "'That is lower and sweeter,' he thought. "'People make a great deal more noise when they sing.' but it doesn't seem to mean so much, or if it does, I don't like the meaning so well. Then a jay screamed, and some starlings began to chatter. Oh, there! cried Tommy Smith, clapping his hands. That is much more like people. Ladies talk and sing just like that, but not like that, he continued, for another sound began to mingle with the rest. Such a pretty, such a very pretty sound, oh, soft and so tender and sleepy, like a lullaby, Tommy Smith thought, and as he listened to it, all the woods seemed to grow hushed and still, as if they were listening too. 
oh said tommy smith it is no use pretending any more that couldn't be people no men and no women either have such a pretty voice as that coo coo said the voice it had been some way off before but now it sounded much nearer coo coo why surely it was in that tree just a little way from where tommy smith was sitting i will go and look he thought i know who it is it is the wood pigeon perhaps he will stay and talk to me so he got up and he walked towards the tree but was it not strange as he came to it the voice seemed to change a little only just a little it had still the same pretty soft sound and the end part was just the same but instead of coo coo which it had been saying before now it was saying yes quite distinctly too how do you do how do you do yes there could be no doubt about it and as tommy smith came quite up to the tree there was the wood pigeon sitting on one of the lowest branches bowing to him quite politely and asking him how he was oh i am quite well mr wood pigeon answered tommy smith i hope you are oh i am quite well too cooed the wood pigeon bobbing his head up and down all the while why do you move your head up and down like that whilst you speak asked tommy smith why because it is the proper thing to do replied the wood pigeon but i don't do it when i speak said tommy smith oh no but then i am not you said the wood pigeon tommy smith didn't know how to answer this so he thought he would change the subject what have you been doing this morning mr wood pigeon he said why sitting here in the woods and cooing the wood pigeon answered oh but not all the morning have you said tommy smith oh no said the wood pigeon from about six to nine i was having my breakfast in the fields tommy smith thought that three hours was a very long time to take over one's breakfast and he said so i don't take half an hour over mine he added that is all very well said the wood pigeon but your breakfast is brought to you whilst i have to find mine for myself what you eat is put down before you on the table but my table is the whole country and it is so large and broad that it takes me a long while to find what is on it and to eat as much of it as i want i wonder what your breakfast is like mr woodpigeon said tommy smith i suppose it is very different than mine let me see cooed the woodpigeon this morning i had a few peas and beans besides some oats and barley i got those in the fields and i found some green clover there too as well as some wild mustard and some ragweed and charlock and a few other seeds and roots oh mr woodpigeon said tommy smith why what a lot you do eat i don't call that much said the wood-pigeon when i was tired of looking about in the fields i went to the woods again and got a few acorns and some beech-nuts and-oh but look here mr wood-pigeon said tommy smith you couldn't have eaten all those this morning because they are not all ripe now and-i didn't say they were ripe said the wood-pigeon and if i didn't eat them this morning then i did on some other morning so it's all the same 
those are the things i eat at any rate and i don't expect to remember exactly when i eat them i had a few stones though of course they are always to be had whatever time of year it is stones are always in season stones cried tommy smith in great surprise oh come on i know you don't eat them oh don't i said the woodpigeon i should be very sorry if i couldn't get any i know that it would be a nice thing indeed if one couldn't have a few stones to eat with one's meal that would be a good joke tommy smith thought that he wouldn't think it a joke to have to eat stones and he could hardly believe the woodpigeon was speaking the truth but he was such an innocent-looking bird and seemed so very respectable that he thought he must be are they very large stones he asked at last oh no answered the woodpigeon they are not large but very small just the right size to go into my mill into your mill said tommy smith yes said the woodpigeon the little mill which is inside me tommy smith was getting more and more puzzled what could the woodpigeon mean and yet he was such a nice bird he said to himself i don't think he would tell stories i see that you don't understand me said the woodpigeon so if you like i will explain it all to you oh i should so like to know said tommy smith so the woodpigeon gave a gentle coo and began to tell him all about it yes he said i have a mill inside me and everything that i eat goes into it and gets ground up why then you are a miller said tommy smith in a way i am said the woodpigeon for i own a mill but then you know a miller lives inside his mill but my mill is inside me i should so like to see it said tommy smith you never can do that said the woodpigeon in an alarmed tone of voice for you would have to kill me first and that would be a most shocking thing to do but it is there all the same though you can't see it and it is called the gizzard oh the gizzard said tommy smith i know what that is because i have and then he stopped all of a sudden he had been going to say that he had tasted it sometimes when there was fowl for dinner but he thought he had better not it didn't seem quite delicate to talk to a wood-pigeon about eating a fowl the gizzard is the mill that i am talking about said the wood-pigeon all the food that we get goes into it and then it is ground up just as corn is ground between two hard stones but though our gizzard is very hard it is not quite so hard as stones are so we swallow some small sharp stones which go into our gizzard and are rolled about with the grain and seeds there and help to crush them then when they are nice and soft they are ready to go on into the stomach so now you know what sort of thing a gizzard is and why we swallow stones but don't the stones hurt you asked tommy smith do you think we would swallow them if they did answered the woodpigeon what a foolish question to ask tommy smith stood for a little while thinking about it and wondering if he had a mill inside him till at last the woodpigeon said perhaps you would like to ask me a sensible question oh yes said tommy smith and he tried to think what was a sensible question he had thought of a good many questions to ask and they had seemed sensible at the time but now he began to feel afraid that the woodpigeon would think them foolish at last he said please mr woodpigeon where do you live 
Oh, in this tree, said the wood pigeon, halfway up on the seventeenth story. I suppose you mean the seventeenth branch, said Tommy Smith. Of course I do, said the wood pigeon. I have my nest there, and my wife is sitting on the eggs now. Oh, do let me see them, cried Tommy Smith. Oh, no, said the wood pigeon. They are too high up for that. You would not be able to climb so far, and you cannot fly as we birds do, for you are only a poor boy and have no wings. I wish I had wings, said Tommy Smith. Is it very nice to fly, Mr. Woodpigeon? It is nicer than anything else in the whole world, the woodpigeon answered. Just fancy floating along high above everything, as if the air were water and you were a boat. Only you can go much quicker than a boat does, and sometimes you need not use the oars at all. Your wings are the oars, I suppose, said Tommy Smith. Yes, indeed, said the wood pigeon. And how fast they row me along, swish, swish, swish. And when I am tired, I just spread them out and float along without using them. That is delightful. I call it resting on my wings. It must be something like swinging, I think, said Tommy Smith. Yes, said the wood pigeon. Only you swing upon nothing, and you only swing forward. Oh, how cool and fresh the air is, even on the hottest day of summer. The sun seems shining quite near to me, and the sky is like a great blue sea that I am swimming through, but oh, so quickly, quicker than any fish can swim. When I look up, I see great white ships with all their sails set. They are the clouds, and sometimes I am quite near them. How fast they go! We seem to be chasing each other, and when I look down, I see green islands far below me. Those are the tops of the trees that I am flying over. My nest is in one of them, and I always know which one it is. When I am above it, I pause as a boat pauses on the crest of a wave, and then down, down, down I go, such a deep, cool, delicious plunge, until at last the leaves rustle around me, and I am sitting amongst the branches again, and cooing. By your nest? asked Tommy Smith. Oh, yes. When I have one, said the wood pigeon, I have now, you know, because it is in the springtime. I wish I could see it with the eggs in it, said Tommy Smith. But it was no use wishing. He hadn't wings and he couldn't climb the tree. How many eggs are there? he asked. Two, said the voice, higher up amongst the foliage. And Tommy Smith knew that the mother wood pigeon was sitting there on her nest and looking down at him all the while. Only two eggs, he said. I don't call that many. It may not be many, said the mother wood pigeon, but it is the right quantity. Three would be too many, and one would not be enough. Two is the only possible number. Oh, no, indeed it isn't, said Tommy Smith eagerly. Fowls laid a dozen eggs sometimes, and pheasants? Possible for a wood pigeon, I meant, said the mother wood pigeon. With fowls, no doubt, anything may take place. But large families are considered vulgar amongst us. Fowls may do what they please, said the father wood pigeon. They are lazy birds and don't feed their young ones. That is why they lay so many eggs, said the mother wood pigeon. They don't mind having a herd of children because they know they won't have to support them. Tommy Smith was surprised to hear the wood pigeons talk like this of the poor fowls, for he had often seen a good mother hen walking about with her brood of children calling to them when she found a worm and taking care of them so nicely. 
it seems to me he thought that every animal thinks itself better than every other animal and they all think whatever they do is right just because they do it and the others don't but i suppose that is because they are animals and not human beings then he said out loud but i am sure the mother hen feeds her chicks because i have seen her scratching up worms for them out of the ground and yes that's a nice way to feed one's little ones said the mother pigeon a raw live worm why what could be nastier no wonder they are forced to pick up things for themselves if they waited till their parents put a worm into their mouths they would starve said the father wood pigeon it is quite dreadful to think of but i think the little chickens like picking up their own food said tommy smith they look so pretty running about they would look much prettier sitting in a warm nest as ours said the mother wood pigeon and they would feel much more comfortable with you feeding them my dear said the father and with you helping me you know said the mother bird as she stretched her neck over the branch and cooed softly to her husband who looked up at her and cooed again then do you both feed them asked tommy smith yes said the father wood pigeon and we take it in turns you would not find many cocks who would do that i think no or help to hatch the eggs said the mother wood pigeon he does that too oh he is so good nonsense said the father wood pigeon it is what all birds ought to do yes but it isn't what they all do said the mother wood pigeon more shame for those who do not said the father wood pigeon but i hope there are not many and they both waited for tommy smith to ask them another question please mrs wood pigeon said tommy smith what do you feed your young ones with we feed them with whatever we eat ourselves said the mother wood pigeon and we always swallow it first to be sure that it is quite good this surprised tommy smith very much indeed for it seemed to him almost as wonderful as eating stones oh but you swallow the food yourself he said how can your young ones have it they don't have it till we bring it up again said the father wood pigeon they put their beaks inside ours and then it comes into our mouths all ready for them to swallow isn't that rather nasty said tommy smith you had better ask them about that said the mother wood pigeon they will tell you whether it is nasty or not they think it is nice said the father wood pigeon and no wonder said the mother wood pigeon when we swallow it it is hard and cold but when it comes up again for them to swallow it is soft and warm and very like milk it is not every bird who feeds its young ones like that oh no said tommy smith most birds fly to them with a worm or a caterpillar in their beaks and give it to them just as it is that is the old-fashioned way said the mother wood pigeon but we are more civilized and we have learned to prepare our children's food besides said the father wood pigeon we eat seeds and grains and little things like that and it would take us a very long time to carry a sufficient number of them to the nest our young ones would be so hungry that we should not be able to bring them enough to satisfy them and then they would starve so we have thought of this way of managing it and i think it is one of the cleverest things in the whole world yes indeed cooed the mother pigeon as she looked down from the branch where she sat on her nest one of the cleverest things in the world is it only pigeons that do that asked tommy smith i won't say that answered the mother wood pigeon there are some other birds i believe who have followed our example 
Yes, they imitate us, said the father wood pigeon, but they can never be pigeons, however much they try to be. Never, said the mother wood pigeon. They don't drink water as we do. That is the test. Why, how do you drink water? asked Tommy Smith. Don't you drink it like other birds? I should think not, said the father wood pigeon. Other birds take a little in their bills, and then they lift their heads up and let it run down their throats. But we pigeons would be ashamed to drink in such a way as that. We keep our beaks in the water all the time, and suck it up into our throats. That is how we drink, and nothing could make us do it differently. We don't lift our heads up. But why shouldn't you lift them up? said Tommy Smith, for he thought to himself, if all the other birds drink like that, it ought to be the right way. Why shouldn't we? said the father pigeon. Why, because it would be stupid and wrong to. He added after a pause, during which he seemed to be thinking. There is still a stronger reason, said the mother wood pigeon. The strongest of all reasons, at least I cannot imagine one stronger. It would be unpigeonly. And from the tone in which she said this, Tommy Smith felt that it would be no use to say anything more on the subject. If there was any water here, said the father wood pigeon, I would drink a little just to show you, but the nearest is some way off. However, you can watch some tame pigeons the next time they are drinking, for we all belong to one great family and have the same ideas upon important points. Now I am going for a short fly, but if you like to stay and talk to my wife, I shall be back again in an hour. But Tommy Smith had to go too, for his lessons began at eleven o'clock, and of course it would not do to miss them, though it seemed to him that he was getting a much better lesson from the wood pigeons. But I wish, he said, before you fly away, Mr. Woodpigeon, you would just tell me what you do all day. But as Tommy Smith said this, there was a rustle and a clapping of wings, and the father woodpigeon was gone. He is so impetuous, said the mother woodpigeon. There is no stopping him when he wants to do anything. But I will tell you what we do all day, so listen. We rise early, of course, and fly down to breakfast at about six. After three or four hours, we come back to the woods again and coo and talk to each other there for about an hour. Then we go off to drink and to bathe, which is the nicest part of the whole day. After that we feel a little tired and sleepy, so we sit quietly in the woods till about two. Then it is quite time for dinner, so off we go again and feed until about five. After dinner it is best to sit quiet and coo a little. A quiet coo aids digestion. Then we have a nice refreshing drink in the cool of the evening, and after that we go straight to tree. Do you mean to bed? said Tommy Smith. Of course I do, said the mother wood pigeon. We sleep in trees. They are the only beds we should care to trust ourselves to. Aren't they rather hard? said Tommy Smith. Not at all, said the wood pigeon. You see, we have our own feathers, so that makes them feather beds. They are soft enough and warm enough for us you may be quite sure. But it must be very windy up in the trees, said Tommy Smith. That is the great advantage of the situation, said the mother wood pigeon. Our beds are always well aired, so we need never feel anxious about that. However much it rains, they can never be damp, for how can a bed be damp and well aired at the same time? Tommy Smith couldn't think of the right answer to this, and the wood pigeon went on. So now I have told you how we pass the day. 
what a happy, happy life! He must have a cruel heart who could put an end to it, and Tommy Smith thought so too. But is that what you always do? he asked. Of course, when there are eggs and young ones, it makes a difference, said the mother wood pigeon, and in the winter we keep different hours, but that is our usual summer life, and I think it a very pleasant one. Oh, so do I, said Tommy Smith. Thank you, Mrs. Woodpigeon, for telling me. Now I must go to my lessons, and I will tell them all about it at home. If you come back afterwards, I will tell you some more, said the mother woodpigeon. Tommy Smith said he would, and then he ran away as fast as he could to his lessons, for he was a little late. And as he ran, he could hear the mother woodpigeon saying, Come back soon, come back soon. End of chapter 9